needs a Bible. So make sure that you have your Bibles available. First of all, we're going to present our Bibles unto Almighty God. Amen. You'll get your Bibles in your hand and present them unto the Lord. Present your Bible to the Lord, most holy and all wise Father. Come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you, Lord, we ask you to open up our hearts and our minds so that we can behold wondrous truths out of your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I know it was different, but it's different for a reason. Amen. Everything has a purpose. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy and all wise Father, it's oh, once more and again that you have brought us to this sacred time and to this sacred place. And you brought us here, Lord God, for a purpose. And I'm asking you, we already sang the song about fill me up and let me overflow and all of that. And Lord, I need that um, overflow this morning because you have given me a message that you, we, you don't want it just to be a good message, but you want it to be a message that will do some good. Amen. So, Lord, in faith, I sit down, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in and doing what only you can do. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, amen. I should turn your Bibles to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. And we're going to look at verse 15, B as in boy, which is the latter part of the verse. Amen. Amen. I need you to look, turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles. That's in the Old Testament. 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. We're going to look at verse 15, B as in boy. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Do you have it? Speak to me, Lord. Thus saith the Lord to you. Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great situation in your life. For the battle is not yours, but Almighty God's. Amen. This morning, God wants to talk about some of the spiritual battles that many of us find ourselves in. And God wants to not only talk about the fact that we are in a, or maybe in a spiritual battle, but he also wants us to know how it is that we can gain victory in these battles. Amen. Because it's not enough just to identify, identify the fact that you're in a battle, but you need to know how to gain the victory in the battle that you're in. And I want you to know that there is an answer there is a solution, and there is victory in whatever it is that you're going through. 
And God dropped in my spirit when he gave me the title of this sermon because he woke me up. I was laying in bed. He woke me up and he said, the battle is not yours. That's all he said. Amen. He woke Amen. me up and he said, the battle is not. So I knew at that point that that was the message that God wanted me to deliver. And I had to find the scriptures, okay, in order to go along with it. Amen. God said, one of the reasons that many people have not found the victory and whatever situation that they're going in through is because they are fighting a battle that does not belong to them. Amen. Get that. One of the reasons that people have not gotten the victory in the battle that they're going through is because they are fighting a battle that does not belong to them. God said that the battle is not yours, but it is Almighty God's. Amen. Now, it, that is really a truth when you're fighting in the spiritual realm. And as we go into this text that God is going to take us in this morning, God is going to use a particular man. And that's why I said you're going to have to keep your Bibles. He's going to use a particular man that we're going to just read his story. And as we read his story, we're going to see how God delivered him and the process that he went through in order to have victory. And if we apply the same process that he went through, that we also can have the same victory. So I need you to turn in your Bibles to Daniel. It gives you an idea of what this is going to be about. I need you to turn to Daniel, the sixth chapter. Daniel, the sixth chapter. God wants us to understand that the battle belongs to God, yes. But he also wants us to understand without a shadow of a doubt that he has a purpose in whatever it is that he has you going through right now. And as we go into this text and look at Daniel, we'll find out that purpose a little bit further down in the sermon. So Daniel, the sixth chapter, starting with the sixth verse. You have it, speak to me, Lord. It pleased Darius. Darius was the king. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So that's showing that he set these people up in these positions in order that he would not suffer loss so that people wouldn't be stealing from him that people would not be undermining his authority. You understand? So now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps that his ex by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So the king was really impressed with Daniel. He decided that not only did he want to make him over top of, uh, be an administrator over top of these particular areas in his um, uh, kingdom, but he was going to, he was thinking about setting Daniel up to be second man in the kingdom. Okay, now look at this. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel 
in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of God. Okay, so I need to go back now and give you a little bit of history. Darius is king of the land, okay? And he has set up certain administrators to rule over his kingdom. And one of the administrators that he set up was Daniel. Now, those of you who know anything about scripture know that Daniel is a Hebrew man, okay? And I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that at this point in time, Daniel is 80 years old. He is the same age as your pastor. But I want you to notice what, what God is allowing to go on in his life. I want you to remember that Daniel was taken as a teenager into slavery into Babylon. So he has been in Babylon for since he was a teenager all the way up to he's 80 years old. He's no longer a slave, but he's an alien in the land. He was not somebody that this was his homeland, okay? Now I want you to know that this same Daniel is the same Daniel that was an associate with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I, I need to give you this history. It is the same Daniel that when Belshazzar was king, when God had a hand right on the wall, and there was no arm or anything, it was just a hand on the wall, and the king couldn't get anybody to interpret what the writing on the wall was. The writing on the wall was meany, meany, tickle a portion. And someone told the king about Daniel. And they sent for this same Daniel. He's a young man. There's a, I need you to understand. He's a young man then. And they sent for Daniel and asked Daniel if he can interpret the writing on the wall. And Daniel interpreted the writing on the wall and he told the king. He said, God says, you have been measured in the balance and you have come up lacking. You have measured, been measured in the balance and you have come up lacking. And that very night, God had that king put to death and Darius, the king who is king now, was put in his place. I need you to have history in order for you to understand this lesson. So Darius knew about Daniel. He knew that Daniel was a, a good man, that Daniel was a, 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 a man of God. Matter of fact, scripture says he had exceptional qualities. He was not an ordinary man, okay? Because he had a faith in God that was hard to find in any other people, okay? So scripture says that uh, God had allowed the king to set Daniel up as one of the administrators. Hang on, I'm, I'm gonna bring you in. It says that God allowed him to be brought in because he was trustworthy, he was not corrupt, and he was not negligent in his duties. 
Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you want to be used by God, and if you want to get the victory in whatever spiritual battle that you're in, you've got to be trustworthy. Amen. You've Amen. got to understand that I'm, we're going to use Daniel to show us what to do. It said he was not, he was trustworthy. He was not corrupt in any area. He didn't live one way one day and another way another day. He was a man that believed in God and stood on his faith. And it also said he was not negligent, Amen. which means if God gave him something to do, he was willing to do it. Amen. He didn't allow circumstances or situations to hinder him from doing what God had called him to do. Now, I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that Daniel is getting ready to enter into one of the greatest spiritual battles of his life. I don't know what you're going through right now. I know what I'm going through right now. You may be in a battle now that you never thought in your life that you would ever be in. But I want you to understand, and you got to get this. This is a, I don't know whether you want to call it the second point, what you want to call it. But I want you to understand that the spiritual battle that he is getting ready to enter was not because he had done anything wrong. Amen. You got to get that. Amen. The spiritual battle that he is getting to enter into was not because he had done anything wrong. The battle that he was getting ready to enter into was because Satan was going to try and trap him to destroy his witness. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if you take a note, you need to write that down. But one of the reasons that he's going through the spiritual battle that he's getting ready to face is because Satan is trying to trap him and destroy him because he wants to destroy his witness. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to understand that not only was God, Satan trying to destroy his witness, but Satan was also trying to take him out. Amen. He was trying to take his life. Amen. I need you to see, and God needs you to see, that part of the reason that you are in the spiritual battle that you are in right now is because Satan is trying to destroy your witness. Amen. That has got to be something that you get from your head to your heart. Not only does he want to destroy your witness, but Satan wants to take you out. Yes, he does. And he'll do anything and everything that he can in order to take you out. Go back in your scripture. I told you, don't put your Bibles aside. Okay. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. Okay. The royal administrators and governors and so on and so forth have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays, watch this, anyone who prays to any other God or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Mm. 
Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I know it's a lot of scripture and it's different, but I need you to see this story and what's going on because you need to understand how Daniel was able to get the victory. Notice what, the, um, what this group of men do when they go to the king and ask the king to make this edict. They go and they tell him that all the administrators and the satraps and, and the governors and all of them have agreed that it should be that anybody that prays to any other god beside the king should be put to death. What are they doing? What are, I wish it was Bible study because maybe I could get you to think. What are they doing? They are perpetrating a lie. They are trying to get the king to believe that Daniel also knew about this. They are trying to get because the king thought highly of Daniel. So he would not have made a decree that he knew would be hurtful and harmful to Daniel. So what is they doing? They are being slick, they are being sly, and they are being cunning, which shows you that they are following the enemy, which is the devil, because scripture says that he is a snake. And we know that a snake is slick, and sly and cunning. So what is God, what is what is this man, these men doing? They are going to the king and they are perpetrating a fraud and saying that in so many words that Daniel already knew about this. But I want you to notice what else they're doing. What else are they doing? They are appealing to the king's ego. Amen. Amen. I need you to understand that ego and conceit can get you in a lot of trouble. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to write it down. Ego, we were talking about that yesterday about a fool, and a fool is someone who, who cannot, uh, no one else can ever tell them what to do. A fool was somebody who always thinks they're right. A fool is someone who gets angry quickly and all this other kind of stuff. They are playing this king for, look at his ego. The edict was that nobody would pray to any other God or man except him. So he thought himself worthy. He thought himself worthy of the people praying to him. He felt like he had the power to do whatever it was that they stood in need of. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when you start thinking of yourself more than you actually are, you are heading for a whole lot of trouble. God tells us in his word, he said, do not think of yourself more highly than you are. Research it. It's right. It says it in the word. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. This king thought of himself more than he should have, and he signed this edict. And notice how slick they were again. 
it's, it's all in there. They had him sign a decree that could not be changed by the law of the Medes and the Persians, which was the law at the time. So they knew as soon as the king found out about Daniel that he was going to want to change the decree. But they were slick. They were sly. And brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I need you to understand that you got to watch out who it is you hang out with. Because a lot of people, your companions that you hang out with, they're going to get you in a whole lot of trouble if they're not people that want to walk in the same way that you walk. Brothers and sisters in Christ, they knew that they had to put the king between a rock and a hard place. Otherwise, he would back out of it. I need you to pay attention to this story. Now watch this. This is so important. Verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the, the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Those are key words. You need to circle and write it down, whatever. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and said, didn't you say that you would throw in the lion's den? And the king said, the decree stands. So brothers and sisters in Christ, they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. What is the key that Daniel did that was one of the first things that was able to help him to win the victory that he was in. What was the key? What was the, when Daniel heard about the decree and when Daniel was told, if you continue praying to Almighty God, your life is going to be at stake, at stake and they're going to throw you in the lion's den. What did Daniel do? What Daniel went home, he got down on his knees and he prayed thanking God as he did before. He went home thanking God for doing everything he had previously done and he's 80 years old. This man had seen God working in his life. This man had been between a rock and a hard place before. But he had developed inside of himself a thankful spirit. Amen. So what does he do? Daniel does not allow the threat that Satan throws at him, the spiritual battle that Satan is throwing at him to stop him from worshiping and praising God as he had always done. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? He didn't allow it to stop him. He didn't allow it to make him turn his back on Almighty God. 
How many times is it when we begin into a, a place that we're between a rock and a hard place that the first thing we do is we start questioning God. And we start saying, God, I've been serving you faithfully for 80 years. Why is it that you're going to allow me to be in this place where my very life is strained? He doesn't do it. I want you to notice that he goes back home and he prays. But not only does he pray, but he asks God for help. Did you see it? Amen. Did you see Amen. it? Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, how to, how to win the victory yeah. in your spiritual battle. Win the victory in your spiritual battle by continuing to praise and worship Almighty God. Win the victory in your spiritual battle by not allowing Satan to stop you from worshiping God in the same way that you've been worshiping God all along. Remember what God, Satan is trying to do to Daniel. He's trying to destroy his witness. Amen. He's trying to destroy his witness. Amen. When you get between a rock and a hard place, if you turn your back on God, then your witness is going to be is going to be almost nothing. But he goes, he prays, and notice who he goes to for help. He doesn't go to the king, even though he's got a good relationship with the king. He could have went to the king and said, spare my life. Do you understand? He didn't go to any family or friends. He didn't go to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He didn't go to any of these people. Who did he go to for help? He went to Almighty God because God is the source of all help. Amen. Brothers Amen. and sisters in Christ, I don't know how to get that from your head to your heart, but I want you to know that God is your source of help. Amen. Whatever it is that you're going through, Spend time in praise and worship with God. Spend time thanking God for where he has already brought you from. Amen. And spend time telling God about the situation that you're in and ask God for his help. Amen. You say, Pastor, he's in a spiritual battle. The first thing we do when we're in a spiritual battle is worship and praise God. That's why we sang that song this morning. I raise a hallelujah Amen. in the presence of my enemies. Amen. I raise a hallelujah and heaven comes to fight for me. Amen. That's not just a song. Amen. That's faith. Heaven comes to fight for me. When I raise my praise, Desiree, and my worship, when I raise my thanksgiving, God said heaven comes to fight your battle. Why? Because the battle is not yours. Amen. The battle is Almighty God. Amen. My brothers and Amen. sisters in Christ, I Amen. want you to understand that when we need help, the first person that we should go to is Almighty God himself. Amen. I'm almost finished. Look at verse 16. So the king gave the order. The men that came to him said, Daniel is not listening to you. The king gave the order. And they brought Daniel and they threw him, threw him into the lion's den. 
Notice what the king says to David. Notice what the king says to David. May your God. The king doesn't even pretend that he knows God. He says, may your God whom you serve. But notice the key word there. He doesn't say to you serve, period. But who you serve continually. Continually. Do you see that word? He said, may your God who you serve continue. You got to continue to serve God. Don't allow your circumstances. Don't allow your situations. Don't allow your hurts. Don't allow your dreams. Whatever it is, don't allow anything to stop you from serving Almighty God. I want you to notice my brothers and sisters in Christ, and this breaks my heart because I know it's true. They threw Daniel into the lion's den. David had went home. David. Daniel had went home and he prayed, asking God for help. When they threw him in the lion den, lion's den, what does it look like? It looks like either God didn't hear his prayer or God didn't answer his prayer. Do you see that? He went home and prayed, and now he's been thrown into the lion's den. My brothers and sisters in Christ, you have got to see that. I need you to understand that it appears that God didn't hear, but I want you to know that God doesn't go by appearances. Amen. Amen. It appears because he's been thrown into the lion's den, that God either didn't hear, didn't care, or chose not to answer. But I want you to understand that the God that I serve, Amen. the God that you serve, Amen. does not go by appearances. Because we know the scripture that God says in Isaiah. He says, my ways are not your ways. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than yours. So don't go by how things look. When you look at Michael, don't go by how things look. When you look at your children, don't go by how things look. When you look at your finances, don't go by how things look. The battle is not yours, but the battle is Almighty God. What is King Darius doing? Now this is a point that you all got to write down. What is he doing when he says to him, may your God whom you serve rescue you. He is relinquishing control of the situation over into the hands of God. <laughs> write it down. He is relinquishing control of the situation into the hands of Almighty God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what is your spiritual battle? What is the battle that you're going through? You have got to get to the point that you relinquish control of the outcome into the hands of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. You say, Pastor, what do you mean that I gotta relinquish control of the outcome 
into the hand, hands of God. Well, I, I'm going to use Shadrach, Meshach, because they said something in their story that applies to this. So I, I need you to flip back in your Bible, okay? I need you to flip back in your Bible to Daniel, the third chapter. Daniel in the third chapter. I don't know how my points are going. I don't know where the numbers are with them, but make sure that you write this one down, that you got to relinquish control of the outcome, of the outcome, not just control of the situation, but you got to relinquish control of the outcome. To God. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? Let's look at what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, okay? First, uh, uh, Daniel 3, verse 15. Well, you know, I mean, verse 16. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the same situation because the king wanted them to bow down and worship him, okay? We all know the story. Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown in the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. Notice their faith. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But look at the next verse. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your God or worship the image of gold that you set up. Amen. Do you see what it means to relinquish control of the outcome to Almighty God? Amen. It's saying, Lord God, I believe that you're a healer. And that you'll heal my body. But Lord God, if you choose not to, I'm okay with that. Lord God, I believe that you'll heal my finances and give me the job that I need. But Lord God, if you choose not to, I'm okay with that. Lord God, I believe that you'll deliver my child. But Lord, if you choose not to do it in the way that I see, I'm okay with that. God wants you to know, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that you got to get to the place where you're okay with however God decides to work it out. That's relinquishing control. That's relinquishing control. When you are able to say, Lord, I believe that you're going to do what I'm asking you to do. I'm standing on that come hell or high water. Okay, but if you choose not to do it, I'm still going to be there for you. Amen. I'm still going to worship you. Amen. I'm still going to serve you. Amen. Okay, I'm still going to allow my witness to shine. Mm -hmm. I want you to notice what Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego was saying. They were saying, if God, if, if the God doesn't deliver me, I'm not going to turn my back on the word of God. Because the word of God has told me that I'm not supposed to worship any kind of idols. Do you see that? That's what it means to relinquish control to Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, my last page has disappeared.
Amen and amen and amen. Okay, it's around, it might be on my desk, but whatever. Okay, I need to turn in the scripture to find it. Okay, Daniel 6. God doesn't want it down, done by what on the paper. He wants it to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, Daniel 6. So he's throwing him into the lion's den. Okay? Scripture says that all night long, the king, oh, you found it. All night long, the king couldn't rest. All night long, he couldn't rest. Okay? All right, look at verse 19. At the first light of dawn, the king got up, and he hurried to the lion's den. He was, he was stressed out. When he came near the den, he called. He didn't even get there. He started crying out before he, he running. He cried, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, notice he says the same thing again. Has your God whom you serve continually. God had that put in there twice. So that's important. Has he been able to rescue you from the lion's den? And Daniel answered and said, my God, honey, oh, my God, my God. He sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lions. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there's some lions out there that's trying to destroy you. And they're not just lions like animals, but they're the lions where they have the lion tongue and they're lying on you one way and down the other. And God said, I'm going to shut their mouth. I'm not going to allow them to do any kind of hurt or harm or danger against you. Oh, Lord God. It says, they have not hurt me. They have not hurt me. I wonder what Daniel did. God doesn't tell us what Daniel did all night. I wonder if Daniel sang to him. I wonder if Daniel preached to him. I wonder if Daniel talked to them and told them about his faith. I want you to know that I imagine Daniel standing there and those lions prowling all around them. And brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe it was tradition in the day that when they were going to put somebody in the lion's den, they didn't feed them for a couple of days so that the lions would be extra hungry and they would just rip the uh, person apart. But scripture says that God shut their mouth. And he says, they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, in God's sight. And he says, neither have I done wrong to you, your majesty. And notice what this says. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And was dead when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Why? Why? It's in the text. Read it. Because he trusted in God. In the spiritual battle that you're in. God said that no harm is going to come. I want you to know that God allowed him to be put in the lion's den. None of us want to go through. We don't want to go through. But God says sometimes it's necessary for you to go through, not only so that you can be a witness for other people, 
but so that you will personally know the delivering and the saving power of Almighty God because he trusted in God. Thank you, Lord. Do you trust him? Amen. In the midst of the spiritual battle that you're going through. Amen. Do you trust him? Yes. Do you trust him? Yes. Trust in the Lord? You know my verse. With all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to make a way out of nowhere. Yes, he will. Why did God allow this to happen? And this is where we get in, where I told you in the beginning, that God has a purpose, David, in everything that he allows. Why did God allow this to happen to Daniel? I need you to look one more scripture and we're finished. Verse 25. We're 25 down to 28. I need you to look at this. It's important. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and the peoples of every language in all the earth, all the known people, you know, territory. May you prosper greatly, he says. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must do what? Fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Look at this. For he is, before he was saying to Daniel, you're God. That, that you're God. Look at what he's saying now. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heaven and on the earth. He rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. What was the purpose for what he allowed Daniel to go through? It was not for him. It was not for Daniel. Gregory, it's not for you. Felice, it's not for you. Adrian, it is for the people around you. Amen. 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 It's not for you. Amen. It's for the people that you associate with. Hallelujah. So that you, they can say like King Darius, I want to serve the God that Adrian serves. Amen. Because I've seen what he has done in her life. Amen. A whole nation, Thank you, a whole nation, Thank you. a whole nation was saved and brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and God had protected him. Amen. Glory. What is your battle? Glory. The battle is not yours. This battle that God allowed to happen well, it's because he wanted to save a nation of people. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, read the story of Daniel when you get home. Go through it again. You may be able to glean out some things that the Lord didn't give to me. But notice how this man, okay, because of his witness for Almighty God, I want you to know that Satan attacks those that he sees as strong in the Lord. Yes, he will. He will attack those who are strong in the Lord. He not only attacks the weak, 
but he attacks those who are strong in the Lord because he wants to try to affect your witness. Amen. He wants you to turn away from God yes, and start acting like you're hopeless and helpless. Amen. But the God that we serve, that we serve. will not allow us to live a life yeah. that's hopeless or helpless yes. because we serve the one true and living God. Let us pray. Amen. Amen. The battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Did I put the last song on? We thank you, Lord God, for your word. It's the same title as the sermon. There is no pain. There is no pain. Jesus.